morning, everyone. Welcome to our regular podcast called Knowledge Empowers. As always with you is me, Kat. Anyaseyo. Then we have Baruch. Hello, hello, hello. And here comes the surprise, surprise. And we have a Peter. Hiya. And where's the, where's Kolaj? Where is he? Oh my God. Was he replaced by Peter? Mm. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Poor college. <laughs> so sometimes uh, we have technical problems and that's what happened to college. So uh, ta, 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 ta. Anywho, we were talking uh, just about maybe we should start the recording when we are just discussing so we could get some bloopers uh, uh, at stakes and then start posting those bloopers on our TikTok channel. But um, we were talking about like calibration of your emotions or managing your emotions and i'm like huh what when but we have a guest here today peter and he will be talking through this topic and maybe we'll learn way more so peter over to you why thank you thank you for having me it's nice to talk to you so first of all when we're talking about emotions people of course we encounter them every single day but not many of us think about where do they come from and how we actually get there because emotions for us might be on the similar level as something that somebody else says we have no idea where they when they come which kind of emotions will come and the thing is that there are actually ways how we can predict it that's like the first thing but the most important thing is usually the discussion about the genetics and can we train them etc well i'm very happy to announce that while they are genetic by definition we actually can train them because that the thing they're genetic only means it's a suggestion from our ancestors for example from all those generations uh, before us and as the evolutionary theory of darwin comes it basically says that all the ancestors that came before us they gave us a heritage something that helped them survive and that's basically what they gave us so that's basically emotions if you can imagine what an emotion is it's basically your your grand grand grandfathers and grand grand grandmothers telling you what to do because that's what worked for them Bastards. So <laughs> now you definitely see the problem that something that has worked for them might not actually work for us yeah so basically when when this happens this is ex this is exactly where the calibration might be actually useful because our grand grand grandfathers they had no idea how to use emotion in strategic corporate workplace and i believe that this is going to be the topic that's going to guide us through through this podcast so yes indeed Barbara, um, katarina yeah i i want to ask you first question uh, from what you said, you said we can pre predict them. Do you mean you can predict them or can, can everybody learn to predict them or can we predict them based on some facts or mm -hmm. how, how can we predict them? Maybe let's start with that. Absolutely. So part of my work that I have done is I'm not a revolutionary psychoanalyst or anything like that. However, I do have vast knowledge and background from psychology and psychiatry. 
So what it means that while I can predict them, many other people can too. It's just that it's not information that's publicly available for everyone for obvious reasons. Because as you can definitely say, some people might see ethical issues with it because we want to have our emotions for ourselves. This should be something private. But it's definitely something that we can learn at least for ourselves. Because regardless of whether we know how to predict it in general, the first thing that anybody would have to do to learn this is to learn to predict their own. That's basically the first step. And basically what it all comes down to is what I started with is uh, evolutional genetics and evolutional biology. So if we can say there are genes responsible for certain emotions and we know how these genes operate and when they trigger the emotion, that's basically where it all comes from. Mm -hmm. So um, also predicting or at, at least, you know, learning from experience what people feel or what they might feel is part of emotional intelligence. So uh, you said you you have uh, you were thinking of different way of how people can manage the emotions. So um, let's mm -hmm. say let's start with some example. So for Anger. example. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some example from, I mean, some situation from, from office, from a corporation, like everyday thing that happens to you. For example, I need to present a presentation, PowerPoint presentation in front of, I don't know, I, I can see 10 people for me, which would already give me a stage fright and uh, uh, high anxiety levels. <laughs> but some people, it might be 100 people or some people don't wouldn't feel uh, stressed at all. But if you feel stressed, Peter, what would you suggest to do? Mm. How can I overcome Ooh. this? How can I be a, a confident presenter? How can I calibrate that emotion that I wouldn't be stressed? <laughs> That's very good. Very good. So let's start one by one. You, you suggested stress. And I would say the very first thing that anybody could do is to understand what it is and why it is there. So before I state out the exact specific example, I would actually say the approach, how people should see emotions in, in general. So for example, stress is an emotion just like every single one there is on the entire portfolio on our planet. They're emotions as a program or a tool that was designed to help us survive. Every single one of them has their own specific purpose. And the beauty of it is that every single one has a way of doing it in a different kind of way. So stress has different uh, role compared to anger. Uh, I just want to add when he mentioned all the emotions were there for us to survive. I'm just wondering, <laughs> literally putting myself into that situation, I'm going to present in front of 10 people, you know, you feel that stress. What is that survival mode? Not to present in front of the 10 people. <laughs> Actually, I, I would say something similar. Yes, the stress itself is a survival mechanism to fight or flight. And ah. uh, from evolution, if you were to tell a hundred people or at least 10 of them something they didn't like, if they decide to stand up and beat you down, you're going to die. 
in that case, it might just be a wise thing to say nothing at all and say, thank you, I actually changed my mind and I'm gonna go back to the kitchen. Like, <laughs> if I was a man and I was, I, I was actually like considering this, this might be a viable survival option. So it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And basically, yes. yes. Yes, that, that's that's how what the presenting stress comes from. And every single presenter has this. It has to be there because if we, we don't have to make the entire crowd angry, we just have to make two people angry, which is more than one, which is us, right? <laughs> the more people, the higher the chances somebody would stand up, come to our stage and beat us down. <laughs> it's not a funny environment. So but, but funny is us. like how many times did it happen? Never in corporate world, at least. I'm not aware. <laughs> but it's funny yes. it's there, but it literally never happened to me. So Yes, that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. Which is why I believe that calibration is important because this is something that happened like, I don't know, 400 years ago, probably, maybe, I don't know. It doesn't happen now. So there is no real reason for it to be there, which is why we can navigate it to not to trigger this emotion because we know we are not in that kind of situation. Or if we are, how can we make ourselves safe so we, so we know that our perception is not of this kind of danger? Before you continue, I, I will just say now is the time when you will thank your ancestors. Like, thank you very much for this. <laughs> and now I need to do the hard work. <laughs> and let's hear, Peter, what is the hard work? Yes, exactly. So as I said, the first step, the absolutely first step should be understanding what the emotion is for. I already said that every single emotion has its own kind of role. And that's the first step. So for stress, it is to prepare us to fight or flight. And as we know, stress helps us take our blood away from our organs and into our limbs, which also shuts down our immune system for a moment. And we as humans, we are, we are literally made to endure 10 seconds of stress, no more. In the corporate world, that's, that's a problem because we are eight hours usually in our job. So the first step is definitely to learn what the emotion is for. The second step would definitely be to trigger a very, very specific emotion, which people wouldn't consider emotion, but I would dare to disagree, and that's pain. Because pain is evolutionarily designed to change, to trigger a change. So once we understand what every single emotion is for, we can actually take them to help us. We can take them and use them to support us and actually just kind of complete a puzzle for ourselves to get us to the result that we want. So I would say that pain, which usually just people call discomfort, I would say it's the same thing. So this is what I would use to help me in that specific situation. If I know I have to present and I don't want to because I'm stressed, I would actually force myself through the change and because it's discomfort, it's, I, it's painful, I don't like it. So I would just do it anyway, because through that pain of trial and error, I would actually calibrate myself through experience that actually nothing happened. This, this isn't as bad. A small amount of stress is okay, because a small amount of stress is helpful. So I wouldn't definitely get rid of it all. That's one of the things that people usually they misinterpret. So they, they consider so stress on, as a you? negative thing. Yes. So, <laughs> because when you tell me a pain, 
I imagine I'll go kick a wall, then I feel the pain. And instead of thinking of the stress, now I'm thinking of the pain. <laughs> but what you're saying is that instead of, and let's see whether I understood you correctly, that mm -hmm. you, I realize I'm under stress, but change that emotion that don't focus at it as a stress, look at it as if it would be pain, but through I will gain a new experience and my, and I might learn it's a positive experience. So f for future, if I will go through the same situation, I will not be even stressed, nor will I go through the pain because I will be looking forward to it because of a positive experience. Did I understood you correctly? That's mostly right. Correct. I wouldn't say that you replace stress with pain. You actually mix them together. That's what pain does because pain inhibits the other emotions that are triggered when you are in the process. Okay. So, so you, guys, don't please... you, you don't exchange them. You just connect them together. Together. So guys, please do not kick the walls or anything like that <laughs> to literally have the physical pain. But it, it is about like those just emotions. Okay. Okay. So you said you connect them. Uh, so how do you connect pain with stress? And uh, honestly, I, I feel like I would be avoiding presentations even more if I connect pain and stress together. <laughs> like stress was enough for me. So I don't want to add pain to the mix. I, I'm going to add one more anxiety. Oh yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. my favorite one, of course. <laughs> so. Yeah, you you uh, you said that you would actually avoid them. That's a very a very good observation because that's what all people do, and that's why most of them don't change. If you think about it, if we avoid what's this what's uncomfortable, we will never change at all. It's the very same process as if you would go to the gym, for example. I don't know many people who would genuinely enjoy and take pleasure in the physical pain that comes out of it. Like, I know some. What are you <laughs> say, talking say hello, about? <laughs> no, right, Katka? No. He is not right. I love that pain. And, and every time I go to my gym friends, we are all enduring it and we're loving it. It's like, dude, that's just amazing. <laughs> Was it like the correct word? You yeah. Endure it. You don't enjoy it, you endure it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get your point. There are actually some people who do. There are people who do because that's how their emotion is calibrated. I myself, I enjoy pain very much as well. Not in a bad way, but I like to challenge myself. So if, if there is something new that I still don't know, I hate it. It's painful for me. There's a lot of work, but I very much enjoy the process of it. But we are the exception, I would say. Maybe, Maybe we are not as exceptional as we think, because I feel like I'm meeting more and more people like this. <laughs> but I think what, and, and please correct me if I understand it the other way, but if I look at it from, let's say, let's, let's take some group of people. And really when we take the example of a present presenting that mm -hmm how many good presenters we have or how many, you know, it's very, I would say just handful. 
and the the rest of the people just do it okay my job requires it but i literally hate it i'm not enjoying it and if i can i will avoid it uh as many times as possible during the year and this is this is the the, the thing that sometimes we are forced to do things because the job requires it but we literally hate it and if we could we would go and hide under the rug and just I would just go, Baruch, do it instead of me. And Baruch go, are you nuts? You do it. I'm not going even nearby. <laughs> so it's very interesting. But that that mm -hmm. just maybe that's what makes us unique, that each of us has then different skills, right? So let's find out Absolutely. what you're good at and then make sure that the skill you are really strong at is then visible uh, for you, that speaks for you, that you can then grow your career on. So Absolutely let's talk a little point. bit about the anxiety because that's a very strong emotion. Many people go through it. Uh, some might have more severe outcomes out of it. It literally sort of knocks them down for mm -hmm. even a couple of hours or days, etc. Tell yes, us more how can you calibrate that one? Because that's a very strong emotion. Mm -hmm. See, what I would say that calibrating anxiety is not that difficult. For many people, they just misunderstand what anxiety is because they deem it as unnecessary or hurtful. And as I said, all emotions are there to protect us and save us. Anxiety specifically is an emotion that I would say this is what happens when you see an entire huge dragon, a full life dragon in front of you that's what anxiety does it's uh, would very be metaphorical yeah <laughs> that's that's a metaphorical representation of it some people would be amazed and those are the people who do not necessarily feel anxiety that much but for most people dragon is something that kills people on site and doesn't care so usually when i encountered people and i have been coaching people through anxiety a lot of them Every single one of them I asked to see if that was actually anxiety because identifying an emotion is exactly as important because misdiagnosing it is, doesn't help anyone. But every single person says that, no, they do not have enough finances to survive if I cut off their income tomorrow. They won't have enough finances to survive two months most of the time. Another part is that they don't have people who are very important to them anywhere nearby. So they would feel alone inside. They wouldn't have like very, very close relatives or a partner they trust with all their heart. And if these two are together, it's usually a sign that you are in a very bad position. This is not only dangerous, this is detrimental. Anything, any small thing would happen, person would could, could get in a very bad situation in life. Depression, addiction anything like that it's a very very dangerous situation i'll just stop you for a second we just released a video about burnout prevention and even though we are talking about burnout but the prevention part also covers exactly what peter just talking about that what is necessary to build and have in your life so definitely watch the that video uh by the way don't forget to subscribe like and comment peter please continue <laughs> yeah absolutely so when we mix all of these things together, for many people, this actually might just be that dragon. So it's not an emotion that's miscalibrated. So I wouldn't change anything about it. I would actually change something about the situation. Because encountering this emotion is important because it's an alarm. It's alarm that goes off to 
actually announces that yes, something is not right. We should probably change it because this is dangerous. And that's a calibration. Uh, that's an emotion well calibrated. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't like entirely focus on just recalibrating it because in most of those cases, I would say the anxiety was supposed to appear. And these people, that's literally what they should do. They should reconsider their their everyday life, their values, people around them, their spendings, something that they would need to do to remove the dragon itself. Not the anxiety, but the dragon. That's the, that's the right approach that should happen. For those few people that, that have anxiety for no reason whatsoever, I would, uh, I would then actually go the the usual road because that's not something that a person can do just by themselves sometimes it's a good thing to do just to look out for a professional because some things are a bit nuanced so i always advise people if they're unsure they should first talk to their close ones and if that doesn't work always always find a route for, through a professional because they might be able to help you with something that we people would not even i that i know a lot of things i always take a lot of things from psychology, psychiatry, and I work in close relation with them. Let me ask a question if I understand you correctly. So if we talk about anxiety as an emotion, it's there, it's okay to be there. However, we just need to sort of put it in our mind that that feeling, that emotion is correct. However, we can change the surrounding around us that we would not get that emotion either as often or at all, whatever is uh, possible. So imagine you are right now in the anxiety, so problems with breathing, you don't feel well, etc. What can you do in, in, if that attack happens? Like, what can you do? It's very hard for me to say since I have never had those anxiety attacks. I have only been there for people who had these anxiety attacks. And from what I have been able to see, this is just my observation. This is not scientific study, but through all my clients, I have been with a few of them exactly at the moment that it happened. It passed away when I actually hugged them tight because it gave them a feeling of security. And I'm not sure how people, where they feel the security. For some people, it might be home with their parents. With someone, it might be their loved one. With someone, it might be doing sports. With somebody else, it might be something else. But this is the feeling that actually is supposed to arrive. This is the announcement of anxiety. Please look for safety. So if you know what makes you feel safe, this, that's definitely the thing you should seek out, even temporarily. The breathing exercises usually work as a band-aid. It's not a solution. I have seen a few psychologists suggest that that's what you should focus on. That's just a band-aid. It's, it's mm -hmm. working. It's definitely helpful, but I wouldn't focus on it 100%. Mm -hmm. So you are standing there uh, in front of the audience and you are stressed so first of all if you've done your homework you were already supposed to think about the audience in a different way it's non-threatening way right mm -hmm. but is there anything else i mean connecting it to pain i mean how would you how would you do it uh, in this in this case specific scenario imagine you're already standing there what would you do well, 
Actually, this is a great subject because I have a lot of tips and tricks on presenting itself. So this, this is not like the emotional calibration. So the, the thing about the pain, I would just call, do it anyway. It, it's gonna suck. Yeah, just suck it up. You know, it's gonna be, yeah, just do it. Don't, don't care about it, you know, just go and do it. Something, something good will come out of it. Believe me, trust in me. And if it doesn't, well, I was wrong. Well, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's how life is. You know, some things you can never predict. You just, you just go there and do it. And if you do it five times, just like in, in the gym, you, you never do a series just once. You do it repeatedly. You, you, that's what you do. Go do it. Do it repeatedly. It's going to suck. I know, but it will actually give you the thing that you're looking for. And it will eventually even erase the stress that was there. That's, mm -hmm. that's what the process is about. And mm -hmm, you're the exactly. pain, then you will gain, okay? Exactly. Uh, there's also, some people call it fake it till you make it. That's also a good thing to do. Like some, yeah, that, that's a generally a good idea. If you really need something, that's what you usually go by. Uh, so yeah, that's what I would say. That's, that's the element of pain. You hate it, therefore it equals pain. So just do it anyway. That's what I, that's what I mean by pain. And the tricks for the presenting, okay, yeah, this, this is excellent because we can actually fool our body. We can use the advantage of our biology because our emotions might just be the most informed and the most precise form of information we get from environment, but it's the slowest. So if we, two minutes or five minutes before the presenting, we go into the toilet, we raise our both hands in the victory pose, but it has to be like full force everything because it's not, it's basically like hanging in a dungeon. There is a very small difference. So make sure you make sure you actually do the victory pose. You do it for two minutes and shout, don't care about anybody, just shout, I'm gonna do it. Yes, I'm gonna do it. And the, the body has no way of telling whether this is real or just faked. The body actually creates the, uh, the chemicals that are responsible for victory, for confidence, and this is great because by the time we get to the stage, the emotions were not able to produce enough cortisol and stress hormones to actually flush this out. So you would go there with the correct emotion that you're supposed to. And that's what your body and your brain is then programmed to seek out th through the entire presentation. So that's a good trick. That's, that's how you can use the emotions to your advantage if you want to. Baruš, we need to post Amy Cuddy's link of her TED talk where she's talking about these body postures as well. We need to post it under the comments as well. We will do. <laughs> but I um, literally was thinking for Baruš, <laughs> when you go to present, remember I gave you like one of those? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that was very helpful. And you know, I mean, what you're talking about, Peter, like I, I'm actually sweating right now because I don't know. Be my body just likes to be stressed. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Baruch doesn't sweat normally. See, she sweats through her palms. Like, she's like the dog. <laughs> so that's Baruch sort of... Uh, uh, yeah, it's my thing to do. It's her band aid. <laughs> when she goes presenting. So instead of for some people doing this, Baruch needs to walk with this and then have her hands like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I will take your advice, Peter, but I will need to do it like uh, 24 hours prior to the presentation. <laughs> oh, you mean you 24? For 24 hours? Mm. In the toilet? I'll just, I'll just go like this to the presentation. Like, yeah! I'll oh actually, God. I'll strike you another thing. If you do this for three days, your DNA will change. 
you will actually oh. become the person. That's that's the that's the highest level of that you can have from calibration. If you do this for three days straight, your DNA will measurably change. This has been actually uh, this has been measured by uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He has mm -hmm. done a lot of research on stem cells, and he has actually figured out that three days is a threshold for the day, uh, for the DNA to change based on the environment, and the environment for your cells are actually your emotions that you can trigger through your body posture. It's very difficult to do it for three days. It's it's very <laughs> difficult, but if you do, that's what's going to happen. No one could stand me. Can you imagine? <laughs> Hey, Ken. Hey, Peter. <laughs> and yeah. with that, we're going to close it down. So because we really covered a lot. Uh, I love this session. It was actually a funny session. So with that, I'm going to say Sugashasmida. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, Peter. Oh, thank you for having me. Have a, have a wonderful one. See you. This podcast represents our own opinions, experience and our own ideas. We do not represent any official statement from our employers and this is not their official channel representing the company.